This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Phone number is triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Call it. Uh, yeah, sure. Why Do not? It. What the I, heck? Dare, I dare you to call it. Actually, I don't know if we'll answer it, but try anyway. Um, I uh, I've been seeing. Uh, Do you see all these polls today, Pat? Uh, new CNN poll shows Hillary Clinton up by five in a four way race. Uh, it is. Uh, what is it? Uh, do we have the number here? No, I don't know. I don't see the actual number in this story, but it was a five-point race. Here's here, Let me just give you all of them. Uh, Rasmussen now has shifted. Uh, this is the only one yesterday that was in Trump's favor when Drudge was toting all the— Trump by one. Yeah. yeah. Shot, pull! Shot, pull! Shot, pull! Trump by one! Trump by one! I don't know why it would be shocking, because they've never reported a poll he's losing in. But uh, <laughs> they, So they did report uh, the Rasmussen poll yesterday when he was losing. Is it up there today? Anyone check? No, you, can you check? Can you check, Jeffy? See if they have Rasmussen— Having Trump behind shock, even more shock poll. Clinton now back up by several. How many? Right. Uh, one? Just one. Just um, one. And in Investors Business Daily is the other one he was reporting on, which also now has Clinton winning plus one. Uh, so those are obviously the most the closest polls. But here's all of them: Clinton plus one, Clinton plus one, Clinton plus five, Clinton plus twelve. Clinton plus five, Clinton plus seven, Clinton plus four, Clinton plus six, Clinton plus nine, Clinton plus four, Clinton plus twelve, Clinton plus nine, Clinton plus six, Clinton plus ten. Now, there is not a huge variance in those. The, uh, as you see, Rasmussen, Investors Business Daily, and to add into that, the uh, L.A. Times uh, tracking poll, which has been very pro-Trump since the beginning, um, those are the only three polls that show this even moderately close. Now, we might find out uh, that, in the end, Trump uh, wins. It's possible. I mean, the evidence mm-hmm. is very much aligned against it. And people keep saying, well, Trump has surprised before. He actually didn't surprise before, if you look at the same standards. He was winning the polls. And people uh, like, you know, me were telling you that I doubt this is going to hold because uh, Donald Trump is a terrible candidate and conservatives care about the Constitution and all those old fancy things we used to think. Uh, conservatives aren't going to elect a liberal Democrat who donated to his opponent, obviously. So those polls will eventually change. I was wrong on that. They wanted the Clinton donor as their candidate. So now that that happened and you have the guy as the candidate, the tr- same people who were arguing the tr- polls are wrong, the polls are wrong, the polls are wrong. Um, uh, uh, or, or excuse me, they were saying initially the polls are right, the polls are right, the polls are right in the primary. And now are saying the polls are wrong, the polls are wrong, the polls are wrong. Uh, I think the lesson to be learned is maybe the polls are better than we think. I mean, I don't think there's any real reason to look at these polls and, and see anything. It's consistent yeah. pretty much across the board. I mean, in 2012, we thought some of the polls were wrong, that were showing Obama 
up by whatever shortly before the election because there were a few others that showed Romney closing the gap or maybe Romney up by a few. Much more disagreement in 2012. And we we kind of picked and choose chose picked and chose the ones we wanted to believe when it turned out. The polls were essentially right. Obama, in fact, in fact, they were. Yeah, they we, they weren't as right as they should have been because Obama won by more than it looked like he was going to win by. Right, and and the polls, general election, national, were actually pretty close uh, with the Romney uh, thing. He wound up losing by five, four, I think so. four, a little over four, something like that. Um, but as we talked about leading up to it, the problem with Romney's run was that he, I could not find, as we did those things every day, and everyone called me little black rain cloud. I could not find a path uh, through the Electoral College for him to win. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. I mean, like, there's always these surprise mm-hmm. wins. There's states that turn the way you don't think they will. But it just didn't, there didn't seem to be a path there. Yeah. Um, and it wound up not working out. Here, you have the national polls and there's no path. I mean, I, you know, the, the path to get to 270 electoral votes right now. Again, I'm just he essentially you. can't get there. He just, I, I don't think he can get there in normal terms. Like you keep saying, though, if he doesn't win North Carolina, forget it. And he's behind in North Carolina. I mean, he's more than behind in North Carolina, Pat. I mean, this is, listen to this. This is every poll, I'll give you every poll in North Carolina for the, you know, for October. All right. Just for the fun of it. Just to, just so we can, we can, uh, we can fully talk about this. Uh, this is, uh, okay, this is all October polls. Clinton plus one. This is North Carolina. This is a state that is only he sh- blue. He should absolutely win. The only time it's been blue in any recent memory is Obama in 2008. So that's mm-hmm. it's a good measure. If you can win North Carolina as a Democrat, you're going to win by about McCain margins if you want to kind of generalize the race. So a, a, this is blowout territory if uh, the Democrat can win, if Clinton can win. Here is uh, every poll since the beginning of the month from North Carolina. Clinton plus one. Clinton plus one. Clinton plus one, Clinton plus six, Clinton plus one, Clinton plus two, Clinton plus four, Trump plus three, Clinton plus three, Clinton plus seven. He's won one poll for the month in a state that is only losable for a Republican in a blowout. And the most recent is Clinton plus seven? Clinton plus seven from Siena College. Um, then you've got, uh, I mean, the, the one, uh, Trump won a Remington poll. Um, uh, that was pretty recent last few days. There's been three polls in the, in the past few days, and that's Clinton plus three, Clinton plus seven, Trump plus three. Mm. And I, look, again, you can have events that change these things, but as there's only 14 days until the election and millions of people have already voted, these, this becomes more and more incredibly difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we might look back at the October surprise as this uh, Billy Bush tape, which really seemed to seal the deal. He had already lost incredible ground. The debates are what killed Donald Trump. He was in a tie before the debates, and he got slaughtered in that first debate. He got beat up pretty badly in the second one, and he lost the third one. And, you know, (laughs) he go through that. And, you know, after that had been done, in the middle of there, in the middle of before the second debate, you had the tape. And so it got worse. But it was already getting bad before the second debate. Yeah. You know, you were talking about how uh, Clinton donor... um, is I mean, it, it, this is such a weird election because not only do we have a Clinton donor against Clinton herself, but we got a guy who was I, I mean, he loved the Clintons. He loved Bill and he loved Hillary so much so that he invited her 
Well, both of them to to his wedding, and they and they came. And uh, in two thousand seven, no, two thousand eight. So this is eight years ago. Here's what he said about the Clintons, just to give you an idea what we're dealing with here. Well, I think our history is far from being over. I'd like to answer that question in another 15 years from now. I think she's going to go down at mm. a minimum as a great senator. Mm. I think she mm-hmm. is a great wife mm. to a president. Uh, and I think Bill Clinton was a great president. Mm. You know, you look at the country then. Mm-hmm. The economy was doing great. Look mm. at what happened during the Clinton years. I mean, we had no war. The economy was doing great. Everybody was happy. Everybody a lot of was people happy. hated him because they were jealous as hell. Because you know, they were jealous. People get jealous and what? they hate you. People don't like him because they're jealous of him. That's unbelievable. But Bill Clinton was a great president. I mean, great I hope president. we can be so lucky in terms of the economy <laughs> and in terms of other aspects. I mean, we weren't what in other wars aspects? with two nations. I'm not blaming Afghanistan, by the way, is probably a place that we should be. Iraq, we shouldn't be. Bill Clinton was a great president. Hillary Clinton is a great woman and a good woman. I, I honestly ask yourself Jeez, this question. Man. Ask yourself this question after watching that video. I, have you, other than himself, have you heard Donald Trump ever speak more positively about anything? No. That is the most. No. I, he's glowing he's in that video with his praise. In his praise is a great word for the Clintons. He loves her, and the loves only her. reason to him. For people to dislike Bill Clinton was jealousy. That just That's shows you who the guy is. He has mm-hmm. no principle foundation at all. He's got no foundation of principles or values. Zero. The only reason to him you wouldn't like Bill Clinton is because you're jealous of him. For what? Because he got impeached. For <laughs> for the for the chicks he got uh, yeah, in the Oval Office. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was pretty sexy. I mean, that's pretty uh, startling, and that's that's who we're supposed to be in love with now. I mean, seriously, other than his, hey, wow. my new hotel is opening. It's the most beautiful, grandiose thing you've ever seen in your life. Have you yeah, ever? If he's seen not him? talking about himself, that's the most effusive praise I've ever I've heard ever him, seen. Him I mean, do. he's so negative about mm-hmm. the country, so mm-hmm. negative about. Uh, I mean, our military, uh, we didn't even talk about this, but over the weekend he was saying the, uh, the invasion to take over M- Mosul was going, uh, was a disaster. Our troops, remember what we said to Harry Reid when he said the war was lost? Mm-hmm. We beat him up as conservatives for years over that. It's one of the worst moments of a sitting powerful senator that I can ever remember. Yeah. The presidential candidate came out and said, in the middle of battle, when they're in there, these guys are are fighting for their lives, trying to retake a city that was stolen by a terrorist group in the middle of this battle, which, by the way, all accounts indicate is going very well. We've had, I think, one soldier who has died. Um, and, of course, that's tragic. Um, but the Peshmerga are there fighting for their lives and for, fighting to take back this territory. They have advanced quickly. They are ahead of schedule by all measures. Yet here we are, the rip. Republican presidential candidate saying it's a disaster while these guys are out there fighting for their lives. I mean, that is despicable. Mm-hmm. The exact tweet. The attack on Mosul is turning out to be a total disaster. We gave them months of notice. U.S. is looking so dumb. Vote Trump and win again. And I believe he said that uh, vocally as well. Yeah, now in speeches yeah. he's starting to say the same thing. We don't know how this is going to come out, but first of all, that's not, you know, the whole, oh, it's not presidential. I mean, largely, I think those complaints are kind of stupid. Oh, well, so what if he's not presidential? Is he right? 
Um, but this is like, A, he's not right. At least no, there's no indication to believe that, it is, that he is right at this point. He might turn out to be right. It might go really badly. In fact, I do expect a lot of casualties in this particular thing because ISIS has probably booby-trapped the city and all of this stuff. And some of that is what he's complaining about. But they would have done that anyway. They've had, the, they've had it for, I mean, they, they did that long before there was an indication we were going to go. I mean, I like that. Like, we told them months ago, did they think we were never coming back? They just had Mosul forever? Like, I, I mean, they knew we were coming eventually. So they, of course, prepared for it. So I do expect casualties, probably a lot of them. Um, but the idea that a guy who could be president of the United States and the Republican Party is sitting here saying, while our troops' lives are in danger, that this is a disaster, is, is inexcusable. Yeah, it's bad. Inexcusable. It's really bad. He's also saying now that he thinks he's, I think I'm winning Florida and North Carolina, no. and I'm, I'm going to win Ohio. And I'm doing phenomenally well in Iowa. Really? Well, according to early voting in North Carolina, Clinton and the Democrats are up big, bigly. Uh, believe me, Democrats are surging to a big lead in North Carolina's early voting, according to uh, a PPP study. Among likely North Carolina voters who say they've already voted, get this, North Carolina again, okay? A, a state that Republicans should win and win bigly. 63% have voted for Clinton, 37 for Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah, now, that's not going to hold up probably no, by the no, time no. Election Day rolls around. But he's already built a a 26-point uh, a lead? That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, usually... It's unbelievable. And I will say, I agree with him on Iowa. I actually think he's pulling... He's doing very well in Iowa. It's a weird... He's state. doing phenomenally, phenomenally well. Sorry, I meant to say phenomenally well. Um, in Iowa, I, uh, North Carolina, he's not. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's losing 63-37 is really bad. Uh, you have to compare those numbers to previous elections, and I don't have those in front of me, um, because Democrats typically do win early voting. They usually win early voting in most states. Uh, Trump is doing fairly well in Iowa by that measure as well. I think he might win Iowa. Um, but again, that's... Well, he's doing phenomenally well there. Let's play this Still. game again. Let's play this game again. All right. Okay. Uh, we've played this before. Let's play it again. Virginia. Mm. There's a 99% chance uh, by the New York Times analysis. And, you know, every analysis you can say Again, is... Virginia's a state Republicans have to have. Or at least he doesn't have to win that, but he has to win something else to make up for it if he loses it. Again, this is a state that was seen as a swing state, is not a swing state. In fact, Donald Trump has pulled his money out of there. So yeah. we know that's going Democrat. We're going to give mm -hmm. that to, 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 uh, to Clinton. Um, in fact, let's go through and give anything they get have over a 90% chance uh, of either side we'll give to that candidate, right? Okay. So that means also New Hampshire... Uh, 95%. Uh, Colorado, 92% mm -hmm. uh, for Democrats. We'll give that to them. Wisconsin, we'll give that to uh, to them as well. A 96% chance. Those are just in the end. Oh, and Pennsylvania, which is a 95% chance. Oof, uh, really? Clinton's won. Think about that for a second. I only gave things that were above 90% to Hillary Clinton, and Clinton won the election. That is how bad of a position Donald Trump is in right now. I mean, how? I mean, what are you going to reverse here? You're going to reverse? I mean, I can't... None of these states you're going to be able to reverse. Well, he talks about Wisconsin like it's up for grabs. All right, so let's give him Wisconsin. That means he has one way to win, which is to win all of these states. Ready to hear them? Florida, Ohio, North Carolina, Iowa, Nevada. Now, in theory, he could, if the, thing, if the election broke right for him, win all of those states. It's unlikely that he would sweep every swing state, okay? Mm -hmm. But remember, he's not, that's not enough to win. If he wins all of those and loses Wisconsin, which is a 96% chance that it goes to the Democrats, uh, he still loses. 
Let's go back and look at, I mean, looking at Wisconsin specifically here for a second. Uh, let's see, let me find that for you um, as I'm clicking around. Wisconsin is, I mean, 96% chance from the New York Times model. It is 90, uh, uh, sorry, that's the Senate race. I clicked on the wrong map. Uh, so we're talking um, a major, we're talking 89.1% uh, chance. I'm going to go with a, the conservative estimate from 538. 89.1% chance that he wins, or that she wins uh, Wisconsin. Remember, not, Wisconsin every single time is talked about as a potential swing state, and this could go either way. Who knows where it's going to go? And then every time it goes to the Democrat. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it did that, in the, it, you know, last few elections. Um, but here's the polling from there. Again, uh, Clinton plus five, Clinton plus 12, Clinton plus seven, Clinton plus eight, Clinton plus four, Clinton plus seven, Clinton plus five, Clinton plus eight, Clinton plus nine, Clinton plus six. These are not close elections. That is, that is not a close election. And again, in there are some polls where Gary Johnson's getting 11 and 12 percent, which he's not going to get. Those were, were, those the, were, he, those votes were pulling from Clinton largely. A lot of those are going to go back. He's probably going to lose by even more than those margins. Yeah, they said that uh, in North Carolina in the early voting, Gary Johnson has less than half a percent. Less than half a percent. Wow. Because that's what happens when push comes to shove. You go into that voting booth yeah. and you think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm thinking Gary Johnson, and then you get there and you think, oh, I can't do it. No, nah, I'm going Hillary. Or I'm going Trump. You, and and you vote for one of the mainline candidates. And that's going to happen to a and, lot of people. And Johnson, I would guess, will pull 3 or 4%. Yeah, I think Maybe. you're probably right. I, I, I am hoping he clears 3, because that, that solves his ballot access issues for the Libertarian Party. Um, at the very least, I'd like to see Johnson get 3%, because then he won't have to fight to get on every ballot next time. It gives him official minor party status. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I get the there's a couple levels there. I think 5% is for the matching funds, which... You know, matching funds, as a libertarian, they probably shouldn't even take them. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's not even true. I mean, I, you know, uh, even Ayn Brand talked about those sorts of things regardless. The point being, um, you know, 3% would be, I would at least like them to get 3%. Because if it gets 3%, at least the libertarian party's on the ballot. And maybe they run Austin Peterson next time. Maybe you go in and you find a candidate who's conservative well, and, and pro-life. this time, right? I think so. Yeah. What Pat's talked what ta talked about there is, is completely true in that yeah. every election... Whatever the third party has three months before the election, they get a third of that by the time yeah. the election rolls yeah, around. Cut it by two thirds. Johnson sure. hung on to that longer than most and had a higher ceiling. I mean, mm -hmm. very rarely do third party candidates get into double digits. And Johnson did that a lot. Uh, but he's gone down from he was at 11 percent around mm -hmm. uh, the debate time. Then it was nine percent. Now it's like six percent. And the more people hear about him, the more I think they the, yeah. the less they like. Him. And the people who are searching are largely Republicans <laughs> and they can't find a home. Or 12, he hadn't, he hadn't been speaking much. Right. Right. He should have just kept his mouth shut and just been the libertarian guy who nobody really knew. And that would he would have done better. I think yeah. you start opening your mouth and showing how liberal you are. Not good. Uh, you know what? There's uh, some things you can do. There's in your life uh, to help the conservative causes, to help your conservative candidates, and also to help yourself. Um, you've got a phone, and your phone carrier, if you're not with Patriot Mobile, is sending a portion of your bill, at least, uh, to candidates like Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And causes like uh, Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. You want that to happen? You want that to continue to happen? I don't. Mm, I don't. I don't. Um, Patriot Mobile offers uh, nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE data, competitive prices, lower than what you're paying now. And they'll donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. Again, you know, 
asking you to say, well, back our cause and you got to have crappy service. It's not fair. No. You have to have the same quality service. You have to be able to get the phones that you want. You have to be able to mm-hmm. uh, not get, you know, uh, get your wallet taken away when you switch providers. They're going to provide up to $350 if you switch. Yeah, it's awesome. You don't even get dinged getting out of the contract because they take care of that for you, too. It's a mobile company that supports your conservative values and you get great service. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call them at 877-367-7524. That's 877-367-7524 or PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back. Triple eight seven forty seven Beck is the phone number. Um, I've seen a lot of people uh, sharing this Terry Tate video. Have you seen it? I... Love. I've always loved Terry Tate, the the office linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good bit. Such a brilliant commercial campaign, mm-hmm. and I was really sad that it went away. And I've I, I can't believe they brought him back. I love it. I love it. It's it's great. Let's check it out. Talking about the uh, it's about the uh, <laughs> Trump bus video thing. Like. All right. You know Billy Bush. Hello. How are you? Nice to see you. How are you doing, Ariane? Doing? doing very well, thank you. Are you ready to be a soap star? We're ready. Let's go. Make right. me a soap star. How about a little hug for the Donnelly? Just got off the bus. Like a little okay, hug, absolutely. <laughs> Melania said hug this for the was bushy. okay. I just got off the bus. Oh. Mm-hmm. Bushy, bushy. There we go. There we go. Excellent. Well, Come you've on. got a nice co-star here. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Terry Tate makes America great, baby. You can't go around grabbing people willy-nilly, son. That's just creepy. What kind of locker rooms you've been hanging out in, Donnie? Huh? Oh. <laughs> hey, Billy Bush. You're fired. That's great. Vote number eight on Terry Tate, and I approve this message. Really funny. Really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's back. Uh, that's that's really good. You know, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day and the, you know, about, about, the, <laughs> about that video in general mm-hmm. and, like, the fallout from it, and, you know. And uh, his point was, it's the hug that is the worst part. Yeah. I mean, as bad as yeah. it grab you by the, th- you know, all that in the bus is bad. It really is the hug that's the worst part. Yeah, yeah um, because of what preceded the hug. Right. It, it's it's like a creepy, mm-hmm. like they were just sitting here saying these things about her. And then he, uh, he why don't you give her a hug? Donald a hug. Uh, give Donald uh, a hug. Oh, no, how about a little bit for me? I mean, it is really. And crazy. that's why Glenn thought it was appropriate for uh, Bush to be fired. Yeah. Because he encouraged that whole thing, knowing what this douchebag had just said in the bus. And now he's encouraging him to, 
you know, or her to hug him like, hey, you can get together and maybe he can grab you. It will get out, that on tape. I know, but outside the locker know. room, you know, Donald was like, Melania said it was okay. I know, how, and that's mm-hmm. so funny, too. I know. I, he's such, so what a dirtbag this guy is. And, you know, it's, it's, it, what is this guy, what is his core? It's that video, and it's praising Hillary Clinton. Those are the only two videos you need to see this election. <laughs> right. Those are the only two. Watch those two. If you know nothing about this election, if you were an alien that dropped down from outer space, you should watch the Billy Bush video and watch him praising Hillary Clinton. Those are the two things you need to know. He's a hardcore liberal who loves Hillary Clinton and will do everything that she wants to do as president of the United States. And he's also a dirtbag. There you go. There's your candidate, everybody. Man, this is just so frustrating. I can't wait for this freaking thing to be over. I bet you can't wait for us to stop whining about this. I bet you can't wait until the day before the election when the most important election of all time happens. Thank you. Hillary Clinton being inducted into the douche hall of fame. Possibly. If you choose to do so. Will you utilize your vote, the more important vote, not a vote that will mean nothing for the country because you have two horrible candidates, but something that will mean something for the country, will mean something for the douche hall of fame, will mean something for America. That is the Douche Hall of Fame vote that happens the day before the election. And if it does happen, if she is uh, somehow elected to the Douche Hall of Fame, she will become the only sitting president in American history to be a current member in good standing of the Douche Hall of Fame. In fact, uh, if so, she does get uh, voted pretty big. in, yeah. uh, we will have the first ever in history uh, Douche on Douche election the following day. From oh President my gosh. I mean, what an amazing... It's so exciting. People it's, say... I, I, get, I get chills, just to think of it. Thinking about chills. it. Chills. I mean, uh, what are the odds? <laughs> you know what? High. Really high this really time. Really high. <laughs> really, really First of all, high. I'm pretty sure she's going to do well here <laughs> yeah. uh, in the Deuce yeah. Hall Fame vote. Although, who knows? You know, you never know. He could get a surprise. I don't want to taint it. I don't want to taint it. No, but we should present some evidence. Well, Yes. I, mean, I, was, I was thinking about maybe one of the interesting things that we should do uh, is maybe we should, on the week leading up, which would, I guess would be next week, maybe one, yeah, one per day wow. we air the, um, uh, the serial on Hillary Clinton's scandals as a prep to get you ready for your Douche Hall of Fame vote. I think that's a marvelous idea. A marvelous idea. I think it's plus maybe one of her greatest hits too. Yeah, in addition to that, one of her one of her best clips. You know, like you got to have the reset button thing. We got to review some of the maybe, and then we compile a best of for for the for the Monday before the vote, uh, the Monday of the vote, and then have the vote. Okay, so let's let's. I uh, disagree. Yeah. Oh God. Let's, yeah. Oh geez. So let's talk about it. next week. <laughs> oh. We'll give you one per day of the uh, of the uh, election serial we did for the radio show. If you haven't seen it, you can by the way share it. Uh, but you can see the video and stuff here on Patents too. If you happen to be watching on the TV show, um, and uh, and then we'll pre- that will prepare give you a good baseline for that vote. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Monday before the election, uh, you will get a douche hall of fame uh, appointment. Two weeks uh, from yesterday. And theblaze.com slash the feed, Jeffy? That is correct. Go to theblaze.com slash the feed, and we'll have, the, uh, we'll have the, the, the question with yes or no up when we tell you, and you have 60 seconds to vote next Monday. All right. And this is very exciting because one of these two candidates, well, both of these candidates are going to, uh, well, actually, Trump, in fairness, has, has said he's going to uh, repeal and replace Obamacare, but he's going to replace it with something that is universal, that everybody has health care and he doesn't care if it costs him Republican votes. It's the right thing to do, and he's going to make sure that the government pays for health care for everybody who doesn't have it. Okay, I, uh, those are his words, not mine. 
last September. So it was uh, a, a year ago when he said that. Not ancient history. Back in the times when, oh, okay, yeah, we know he was once a liberal. Yeah, he still is. And he said that last September. But um, leading up to this election, the good news is that Obamacare is really doing well. It's doing so well that its prices are going up. This is like a, a stock whose price whose price just keeps going up. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, that's not what the price rises mean. That what? No, it's like it's not like, it's like what, Obamacare is like a stock not, yeah, no, on Wall Street. No, no. And, and the pre and, and the premium just no, keeps going up. No, no. It's premium, a really well, good the, thing. The premiums do keep going up, but that's not like a stock. A stock huh. you invest in and you want the price to go up to get additional right. returns yes, on th- your capital. Exactly. That's what this what is like. What we're seeing here is it's just mm-hmm. a crappy product that's costing you more. That's a, there is a difference there. Oh. And if I can't, I, you might not be able to detect it because it, it is nuanced, I will say. Yeah, it is. Uh, but this is more like I if you went it. to McDonald's and your Big Mac was no longer made with beef but with dog and it was costed you $1,000. <laughs> That's kind of more, it's similar, more similar to that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like if we said, hey, this Big Mac is going to cost you uh, an average of $2 less per family per, t- per visit. Mm-hmm. Right, and then, and it then costs you get there, dollars. and it's instead it's a thousand dollars more per family per visit. And we should also uh, it's, it's also sort of like really we, we passed a law that required you to buy Big Macs, and you must buy Big Macs. So that it's a every it's day. more similar to that scenario uh, than the stock thing. But I mean, there I mean, you wonder how a competent candidate would take advantage of news like this right before an election. Oh, Ted Cruz did had a good example of it yesterday. And then again, you know, I mean, Cruz I, I think would be smoking. Hillary Clinton right now, honestly. I mean, Rubio, I think, would probably be the most likely to win. And polling showed that early. I think he has a good he's a good uh, general election, uh, you know, uh, package to win an election. Uh, but honestly, Ted Cruz, who, you know, is maybe not as smooth as Rubio in some ways and maybe more conservative and maybe some moderate voters wouldn't like that so much. He'd still be smoking. He came out and just said, like, look at this tweet from 2008, uh, um, nine when this thing passed. It was like, well, yeah, see, health care premiums will not rise under Obamacare. This tweet hasn't aged well, has it? And no, it hasn't, Ted. And I mean, can you imagine what Ted would be doing? You watched, you saw Rubio in his debate the other day put on a really good performance of how he would be in this moment. Right. Is Trump taking advantage of this? He Not can, that I've seen. I mean, he says, oh, we're going to repeal it. I mean, he'll say stuff yeah, like that occasionally, but, but it's meaningless because he's not going to. Yeah, right. Not to mention his replacement might be worse. Um, following a 7.2 percent rise in 2016, premiums for the Affordable Care Act are expected to soar by an average of 22 percent so more three in times, 2017. Three times as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a 28 percent loss of insurers as well, because, again, these ins- we wow. are required to participate in uh, in this healthcare system. Yeah, two thirty two to one sixty seven. Yeah. Now. However, the insurance companies are not required to be in these exchanges, which, by the way, will be something I would bet either one of these candidates pushes for if they get in. That they um, must. That they must be a part be, of it. They must offer. Well, you'd almost if if you're going to save this program and that's your goal, you'd almost have to do that. Yeah. Because nobody wants to be a part of it anymore. They're losing their their shirts on. Right. They lost about sixty insurance companies uh, this year. When you actually a little bit more than that because a few came in um so it's more like they lost 80 and gained like 15 or something like that when it's no longer insurance it's now a guarantee you're 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 not insuring people you're guaranteeing people because if you're having to absorb people who have pre-existing conditions 
and all of those things, then that's not the same thing as the insurance industry used to be, and they can't afford it. They, they just can't, they can't keep doing it, and they can't keep absorbing it. And so they pass that along to the customers. They pass that along to the businesses who are, who are getting health care, like ours. And then our, our premiums go up. In fact, our premiums have gone up so much that now where we didn't used to have to pay uh, for any of our um, coverage, we now do mm-hmm. uh, because it's gone up that much. Well, the problem, ours is a little bit different because obviously we're a private company, number one. But we had this great, has affected even the private insurance. Right, but I mean, our specific is, you know, first of all, we're a private company. Second right. of all, like Glenn had, at, you know, we had basically zero health care costs for a while. And, and third, you have to remember that our pool includes Jeffy. So when you have a guy who's costing, the has that point. many medical problems, is driving up the cost of care, um, right. when you've got syphilis medication and gonorrhea, gonorrhea. medication Ooh, and herpes, herpes medication, yeah. the clap medication. Yeah. Our HIPAA laws, you know, the, 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 lice. HIPAA, the HIPAA laws mean you can't talk about that. When you the got HIPAA lice laws? and, uh, and mm-hmm. scabies. Mm-hmm. Scabies is <laughs> another big one. The scabies is, uh, uh, I mean. Uh, it's a big scabies I, issue. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. Are, do, wait, we have you guys having down for 250 employees. Do you have 25,000 employees? And they're like, no, that's just Jeff. We got a combination skin. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got the heartbreak of psoriasis. I mean, we're paying for it all. Yeah. And that's passed along to all of us. Right. Yeah. And not to mention so. uh, the amount of medication that he doesn't need that he just takes because he wants to get high. So, I mean, all of that combined. What did you say about hippo loss? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the hippo laws. And, the hippo uh, law was written for about. you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> eh, well. All right. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the uh, phone number. Let's take a break. All right. Let's do. Let's take a you couple minutes. We'll take a break and off the air. We'll make fun of Jeffy and then we'll come back on the other side. Okay. Uh, back. Then we'll do it again on the air. Oh yeah. Well, obviously it's going to continue on the air. Obviously but. it has. So Jeffy, uh, so when you have the diseases doing battle inside of you. Uh, is there a, is it a pushback to the game territory, or is it just a civil war? What wins? Do the scabies beat like the herpes, or? Maybe do that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Triple seven back is the uh, phone number. This um, is cool because yeah, uh, I've got a great job opportunity for you, Stu. Good. I'll take it. Uh, this you're not, you don't have to tell me anymore. I'll take it. All right. You're in. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Do I have to talk about the election? No. Okay, good. I'm in. No, I don't think so. Uh, the EPA is looking for fifteen look looking for fifteen people mm-hmm. to become <clears throat> diversity and inclusion specialists. Nice diversity and inclusion specialists. Now, why does the EPA? Need diversity and inclusion specialists. Well, uh, it's all white people. Uh, mm. If you, had, if like for example, you employed all white people, they wouldn't be able to look at the environment and see like if there's oil in a river, they would see that there's nothing in a river. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's well, true. that would be the only reason for it, uh, right? I mean, I, in yeah. theory, I mean, if I, white people could not see oil in water, maybe this would be reasonable. Yes, um, but however, they can. It isn't mm-hmm. because they can. Uh, they offer great benefits, work flexible flexibility. Uh, and their diverse workforce connects to more than just career. They share common passion to promote a cleaner, healthier environment, they say. Oh, good. Now, the salary range for a diverse, diversity and inclusion specialist is between 99785 a year and $146,570 a year. <laughs> That's pretty good money. Hmm. If yeah. all 15 positions are filled, 
the hires would cost taxpayers uh, between $1.5 million and $2.2 million each year. But that's it. But that's all. And and remember, in return, it's not like you're just spending that money. In return for that, you're going to get diversity and inclusion at the EPA. At the EPA. Not in every government agency, but at the EPA. Right, and I won't say that you'll definitely get it, but they'll try to be they'll, giving it Yes. Time. I mean, it is their job to do it now. Many government jobs are just, they're really, well, they're, they're just people filling a, a seat in an office. Right. Well, and, and, and receiving paychecks. And this all seriousness, is this is the type of thing government does. These are 15 jobs that don't do anything. Right? Like, they don't actually, and I, and I don't mean to, like, take away, or, like, I understand that you might, you know, conservatives, well, mm-hmm. they don't care about diversity. It's not that. It's like, the goal of the organization is to supposedly help the environment. Right. Like these jobs right. do nothing to help the environment. They might make you feel good about another separate thing and they might even do something valuable about another mm-hmm. separate thing. But they do nothing to advance the cause that taxpayers are funding this agency for. And that's the problem with government, because there's a million of these jobs. Well, I mean, throughout the government, with, throughout the government. Yes. But there's millions of these jobs throughout every business and every university across this country. Every mm-hmm. university now, if you're a millennial looking for something to do, that's a job to have. Every yeah, university has to anywhere. have one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. And why do they have to have one of those? Because of regulations yeah. and we, uh, that brought on by the government. So now the government, you see the government is even uh, adding jobs because of their own regulations on themselves. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I, we talked about this, uh, I think it was the 2012 election when, when we actually mentioned this on the air. But there are there's an entire industry of companies that do nothing but help another company get in line with Obamacare. <laughs> It's an entire industry oh, yeah. of companies. Hey, yeah. call us up and we will make it so you're legal under Obamacare. People are spending tens of thousands of dollars, these companies that could be hiring people, and instead are spending other, uh, these dollars to other companies to say, hey, come on in and, and make sure that I don't, I'm not in violation of this stupid law that isn't helping people uh, and actually hurting our health care system. And costing people kind of more money. And I was going to ask you, Jeffy, about the college. That you, what do you know uh, I was going to say, what do you know about college? But the college dorm room cam uh, situation is pretty prominent in your world. So you you do talk to a lot of girls from that world, I guess. You like to make jokes about the about the video cams around the country, but mm-hmm. but people watch. <laughs> okay, all right. That goes back to Good. in all seriousness the conversation we had on radio today with uh, John Ziegler when he was on. It's like there's. We all understand there's a profit motive in this industry. Like, we do come here every day hoping you'll show up and subscribe or frequent our advertisers so that we can get our salary and go home and pay our mortgage. That's, like, the way life works. I think there's a problem with a profit motive. The the issue is, of course, that you have to hold people responsible if they do things that, you know, you don't like. I mean, you know, and especially... I don't even say like I don't even like saying that you don't like. How many? Sh- I, I listen to shows all the time that say things, and I read websites all the time that disagree with what I what I do. Because, and and I, honestly, I can. There are people I follow on Twitter who I respect that are making the case to vote for Donald Trump, and I'm fine with that. I, I, disagreeing with somebody is one thing, but when people are presenting overtly false information to try to manipulate me into changing my vote. I, that's where I draw the line. Everyone's got to have a line. If we want to just make maximum profit, we could start airing porn on the website, and, and we can start carrying Jeffy's webcam feeds live on the show. 
The reason we don't do that is because we have some sort of lion that we have to be able to, I don't know, live with ourselves. And so we don't necessarily go into the porn industry with the exception of Jeffy. And I think that that is the important thing. There is a line for everybody. I will listen to people who tell me uh, that they disagree. I will listen to people. I mean, David Limbaugh is, is a guy who I follow on Twitter who is voting for Donald Trump and has made the case that he thinks it's the right thing to do. He can't stand Donald Trump, thinks he's a bad candidate and wishes he had another option. But he, you know, I just got to stop Hillary. Smart guy making the case in a reasonable fashion and not lying to me to try to manipulate me into changing my votes. Yeah, not trying to not trying to excuse absolutely everything yeah. and things that don't even make sense. Like uh, these Trump supporters who feel like now because Trump is uh, is touting the National Enquirer, they feel like they have to now jump in and say, yeah, yeah. he's right. The National Enquirer, that's a great publication. They got a great track record. The National Enquirer, they they broke the, the John Edwards scandal. Okay, they got lucky on four or five things. Yeah, over They've the been sued for tens of millions of dollars by multiple people and lost over and over and over again for printing lies. That's just the times they've been sued. They've been wrong and ridiculous on probably hundreds, if not oh. thousands of stories so over This the is years. an organization that has a flashy front-page mm. story that would turn the world upside down every yeah. week if it was true. But, and every week, you don't hear anything about them unless Donald Trump is talking about but them. But Trump supporters feel like now they have to jump in and try to make this ridiculous case for Trump about the National Enquirer or Julian Assange yeah. and WikiLeaks. Julian Assange, now, no. Julian Assange is an American patriot, even though he's not American. Or the value, Are you kidding me? Or the value of online polling. Uh, when you online polling. And, and, or, or, for example, arguing that uh, if someone has more Facebook fans than the other person, that's a good indication they're going to win the election. Crazy. Or rally size. Crazy. Uh, or any of these things that you've seen over and over again from lots of people on the Internet and other places, making arguments that not wrong arguments. That is, there's nothing wrong with being uh, uh, making a mistake or believing something, realizing that you're wrong later on and changing your mind. That's I'm not, talking about lying. things that the people saying them know Aren't are true. untrue. Yeah, they know they're untrue and they're sending their own just listeners to, to the Trump's wolves ass. just, to, co just to, to, to cover Trump's ass. So mm -hmm. what you get is uh, some guy who's working a normal job. And working hard and doesn't have time to monitor this every day, gets in his car on his way home, listens to a radio show that tells him, hey, online polls show that, you know, he's winning 97 to 3. Uh, you know, this guy's mm -hmm. obviously going to win. And they get home and they go on their Facebook post and they see someone else saying, wow, it looks like Clinton's going to win. And they use their own credibility to go out there and say, you guys are BS. You don't know what you're talking about. Donald Trump is winning all the online polls and you don't even know. And what the result of that is those people. The people who frequent the advertisers, who subscribe, who pay the salaries of these hosts, wind up looking like morons to their friends and relatives. Mm -hmm. That is the that's why we would never do that's at least one of the reasons why we would never do that. Because I don't want to send you guys into the middle of nowhere looking like idiots. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have time to fact check everything that your you know, a host you listen to says, that's understandable. You shouldn't have to do that. Here and there, when you have something that, that maybe disagrees with what you believe, yeah, you're going to fact check, you're going to look back. If it's something you're particularly interested in, you're going to do research. But the bottom line is, if I know that if I see something from a host or someone on Twitter that I follow that I, I trust, 
I, my first belief is to say, okay, that's probably true because I trust that person. And if you go out there and you tout that information, when the host knows it's false, that is really, that is behavior that should be punished. If Trump started to tout the weekly world news because there was a story he liked about Hillary Clinton, no. I, I strongly believe these some of these guys would jump on the weekly world news bandwagon oh, and wow. start talking about how credible it uh, is. Oh, oh wow. You, you might not be uh, <clears throat> the, the guy that they've been putting on TV mm-hmm. from the National Enquirer used to be the, one of the editors of the Weekly World News. <laughs> so you really? Might, you might not have known that. I didn't know that. No, it's, I, I, thought you, I, I thought you were setting me up I did not know that. that. No, it's actually true. Uh, the, guy who is, <laughs> the guy who is supposedly the fixer for Hillary Clinton and, get, and arranging all the lesbian affairs that supposedly happened. Got, he's with the Weekly World he News. He used to work for the Weekly World News. He was one of the editors of the Weekly World News previously. That, that's the t- tabloid that makes up all this. Or, the Bat like, Child. The, the Bat Child. Like, a new face on Mars. It, it smiled and moved and sure. leapt off of Mars. Uh, it, it's the most ridiculous bunch of bull crap that you could I possibly would see. not put it past any of these people and to they'll come defend out and say, it they'll defend it <laughs> i mean we just started talking about weekly world news how is bat boy lives up there already <laughs> that's pretty good uh, pretty fast that's pretty good uh, but bat boy uh, was their big thing well first of all he does live and we all know Thank that you. um but i mean I, any any would you be surprised i mean at all if donald trump touted the weekly world news as a legitimate oh, source no no way, no way. Nope, not at all no because he does not Care. The National Enquirer, yes, it has had a few stories. It, they actually have had a few salacious stories they have yeah. broken yeah. and have been right on. Congratulations. But we're talking about, you know, maybe two, 1%. In the history, 2%. in the, what, 40 or 50 yeah. year history of the magazine, of course you're going to get a few things right. Uh, but most of the time they've been wrong and, and many times absolutely ludicrous. More patents do coming up in a minute. It's inevitable. Okay. What are you going to do? You know? What are you going to do? I'm going to talk about this guy. Oh, wow. The Weekly World News currently has a Google Street View of heaven. Wow. wow. That, that, is that is very, I'm interested. very cool. Okay, I take what I said back. I want to see that. Petition demanding that the uh, a British supermarket, ASDA, stop selling a children's T-shirt featuring a picture of a snowman. Thank you. And the words, because it's melting. And it says, I'm having a meltdown. Oh, my gosh. The, oh, my gosh. This that is, is so unbelievable. It's about wrong. time. Well, and, and we and, can't wear that. I, why? Of course, I understand why they, they can't wear that but i to tell the audience well anyone suffering with asd and similar spectrum disorders or mental health conditions that involve having meltdowns uh as a symptom deserve understanding and acceptance oh not to be depicted like this what is asd uh, is that the seasonal one seasonal, asd uh seasonal defective uh, uh, what is it seasonal one? yeah the seasonal dif- dif- uh, dif- what is it uh I can't think of how it asd when you get like I don't know. Depressed because of the seasons and darkness and such. Is that the one that way? Possibly. I don't know. Can't Possibly.
Hi, welcome back. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. It's uh, Stu, along with uh, Pat, and along with um, uh, genital expert Jeff Fisher. Jeffy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, facts are facts. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. Good. I don't. I know. Good. I don't want to go any further down that road. If I, if I. Can uh, You'll be happy to know that members of Tufts University Greek system have been told they could face serious disciplinary sanctions, including a possible investigation by campus police for wearing Halloween costumes that offend peers or make the campus community, quote, feel threatened or unsafe, unquote. The warning was part of a letter to the presidents of fraternities and sororities uh, signed by various Greek Life Council members who asked the chapter presidents to relay the message to their members. Letter stated that, uh, in part, Greek brothers and sisters have worn costumes that appropriate cultures and reproduce stereotypes on race, gender, sexuality, immigrant, or socioeconomic status. Like <laughs> what, what? So like a well, bum? like a bum, All right? For instance, a hobo. I mean, those are words I'm not comfortable with, Pat. <sighs> Me neither. Why did you say them then? Because you've, you've. I need a safe space. I think we should have a. Let me let me just propose something here. Mm -hmm. I think we should make a safe space for, for the show. Maybe it's like a little booth over here. Okay. Um, that we have. So if I was going to. So like if you were going to say the word it, hobo, I'd go over here like this. Well, no, no. no and I would stand here and I would say, uh, no, hobo. No, I don't think that's how it And then I'd come back over here. And then I would sit down. You would go over there and sit. You're sitting. And mm -hmm. then you, you'd say, Stu, I think you need to go to your safe space. I'm about to trigger you. And then I would say, okay, thank you, Pat. Oh. And then I would walk over here to the fancy booth back here. And then, the booth. and then you could say, hobo. And then I could come back. <laughs> right. So you wouldn't trigger Stu. Right. Something like that. Uh, I see. So it's more important for you to be in the safe well, space I need to be than protected. for me to be when I say it. Correct. Right. You're not. Okay. Is that, is that what you thought? Did you think that you were? Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe I needed to be in a safe space when I no, said that's it. Not. But I that's mean, not I will the deal. say, because All of right. the idea that we're broadcasting, maybe it is better for you to be isolated uh, so that no one can hear you say those things. But oh, yeah. I, I don't know that it would be hard to get the whole audience into its own safe space. Uh, this is really sad. I mean, uh, outfits relating to tragedy, controversy, or acts of violence are also inappropriate. It's also our mission to promote spaces that allow members of the Tufts community to have fun without feeling as though any part of their identity is being misrepresented or targeted or appropriated. So, like, you can't be... Jeffy, list some content. Give me some, uh, some mm. different costumes that you would not be able to be. That I would not be able right, to be. Right, like what would be banned by this? Would well, you couldn't be an Indian, for instance, a Native okay. American. Native American, a cowboy. Okay, you couldn't See, be a cowboy. cowboy. Well, a cowboy would be fine because it's white people for the most part, right? Uh, I think that would probably be fine. Mm -hmm. I think Indian would definitely be off limits. Yes. Okay. Gypsy. A gypsy. Oh, that's definitely terrible. off limits. Terrible. You can't be a hobo. Can't be a hobo. You can't be. Uh, uh, you can't be. Hobo uh, was a popular one. I feel like when I was back in, back in the day. Can you be a vampire? Especially or, women. Women, the, like the girls in school, like the, I remember girls mm -hmm. in high school, like the good looking girls would dress up as hobos. Yeah. Because it was like, see? Like this girl who looks hot every day is coming, she's coming in and she's dressed up, you know, like, like a, like a homeless person. Only you know. And you'd be like, wow, that's, that's, wow. you know what? Don't appropriate their socioeconomic status. That's <laughs> right. what I said. That's wrong. 
Could never, you, know. you can't dress up like a medicine man. Well, no, that's part of the I mean, Native American culture. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yes. No, that's He's, not the medicine man I'm uh, thinking of. You can't dress up like a little boy. That's not the medicine man I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, wait. What medicine not the, man? Not the Indian what you... medicine man. Okay. Uh, what? The African tribe medicine man. Okay. okay. All right. No, you, you, could, you couldn't do that. You could not do that. You could not do that. Um, I mean, could you, like a vampire, like their home was Transylvania, right? Could you, I mean, would you be appropriating Transylvanian culture? Uh, for a uh, wolf man, you're oh, a little no. too hairy. What about hairy people? What about him? I don't know. I, what am I, what are we, what are we? we, we, we <laughs> the misappropriation of culture? Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, I can't, well, is there anything you could be? Let's, maybe this is easier. Is there anything you could be? Could you be a nurse? You could be a nurse, right? I guess you could be hot anything, right? You could be hot nurse, sexy nurse. Yeah, except aren't you objectifying women at that no, point? Okay. Yeah, you cannot yeah. be sexy. Yeah, you have, be be, you, have to, you have to be hideous. Yes. If you're ugly, can you be a witch? No, because no. then the Wiccans will get pissed. Right. They'll be offended. Pagans. Uh, can you, be a, you can be a vampire, because I don't know of a, of a uh, vampire union or, or a vampire lobby or... I, they're they're not well represented in our society. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Can you be a zombie, a walker? Yeah, you can be a walker in today's world, sure. Unless you, but you don't want to frighten anyone, so mm-hmm. maybe not. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you scare someone, you have to be a friendly. I mean, friendly this is walker. so ridiculous. So ridiculous. And and these kids are going to college, and yeah, they've, the they've got to be right? this protected. I, I just I can't take it. Can we not? I, I don't see how they can't understand how pathetic this is. How they have to, right? They, they can't. They have to realize that. I, and I, and it's it's a, it's amazing how fast it happens. Jeffy, we go back to the Tampa days, right? We're doing a show in Tampa, let's say, and we start talking about this. As there's something that happens in the news that people are too sensitive about. As a ridiculous example of what could happen in the future, we yeah. would say, well, soon colleges are going to say you can't wear Indian costumes because you're appropriating culture. I, I don't right. even know we would have had. We certainly wouldn't have that term. No, we wouldn't have that term. But I'm saying no. the, with that reasoning, yeah, uh, that you can't you, you can't dress up as you know other people because it's, offend- say it's offensive, offensive to them, and they're going to yeah. ban Halloween costumes. That would be a joke. Yeah, and and we're there. Like that is really what people. It's really happening. I mean, odds are we would get sent out in that outfit uh, <laughs> to do live reports. Yeah. from the with the and outfit. and you can't you can't get away with that now. No. You just really can't. Now, this is one of the reasons why I liked. Uh, I had Amy Otto on uh, this week on the uh, Wonderful World of Stew, and this is uh, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to her because, in an era where everyone gets offended about everything, mm-hmm. and every women's issue is a huge problem, and every feminist is offended by everything, you have to like when Amy Otto of the Federalist is willing to take a stand like this. Watch. Boobs. I just started a segment with the word boobs. Women have them. Some men, unfortunately, have them as well. The only difference is no one wants to see man boobs. That is a fact. Another fact is that boobs may be hastening the decline of civilization as we know it. Here to explain is senior contributor to The Federalist, Amy Otto. Amy, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for having me, Stu. I appreciate it. I will say that uh, in the in the world of the internet, there is very rare that I see a new theory on the world. This does not seem to happen that often, and you've accomplished this. 
Walk us through uh, this theory about how boobs are essentially bringing down all civilization. Yes. Well, the boobs have become a terrorist weapon of mass destruction, um, <laughs> obviously, the way they've expanded across the Internet. But, you know, in joking and, and the, you know, the article is a little in jest. But to be serious, though, technology and rapid changes in dating have combined to overwhelm men and women. But um, the point of my article is, is how that focus um, has impacted men. Right. Because you argue that, that men are were more productive before uh, Essentially, as you if summarize in jest, boobs became more available. Yes, because now substitutions exist for proliferation of nudity available to click for men, the willingness of celebrities to commodify their bodies so blatantly like Kim Kardashian, or just even the acceleration of rapid dating options available through such apps as Tinder that have just really rapidly expanded the variety of options for men that to a point where they may have hit and they are overwhelmed. And it's kind of neutralized their capacity to be productive and to channel that normal positive sexual energy in a direction that actually was a benefit to society. I'm not sure if this is this should be insulting to men. I mean, it, it seems to me to be completely 100 percent true. Uh, but uh, I, it, I how do you get from because I've heard a lot of people make the argument that it's changed the way that we deal with people. It's changed our, maybe our morality. It's changed lots of things like that. Why has it resulted in the decline of productivity for men? I think because the, the idea of what men used to do to pursue women often involved becoming productive human beings um, to then prove their value and um, earn you know the time and energy to spend time with women. Women used to have standards where they'd look for men who did these things. And now the bar has been lowered or worse, men opt out of trying to even achieve the bar and now can substitute with other options. Is this one of those things where, like, you know, it, it results, you know, the sexual conquest, for lack of a better summary, um, or as you pointed out, boobs, uh, you know, is part of the reason why guys are living in their basement, uh, in their parents' basement until they're, you know, 40 years old. And they're not necessarily be, they're fine with hanging out and, you know, playing video games all day and not pursuing these high level goals that used to be essentially to impress women. Uh, and, and as it's sort of a. Um, a human instinct, uh, but it really resulted in all the good that we got out of the last century. It, it did. I mean, you know, we are looking at um, statistics like 70 percent of American males between the age of 20 and 34 are not married. And and that's that's you know, that means those men are not married to women. That means they are not becoming really productive members of society. There's clear evidence that once men are married, they earn more money. They do better in life. I mean, this is you can joke all you want that men are living the high life, but they're really actually getting they get harmed by the fact that they aren't getting married. They'll die sooner. They won't earn as much money and they aren't as productive. It's amazing. You really got one in depth here because you got challenged by a lot of people after you, after you came yeah. out with this. <laughs> they were a bit angry. <laughs> they were a bit angry. So let's go through some of the actual examples that you go through in, in your stories. Um, in fact, the difference between Santa Clara and Manhattan. Walk us through that that story. Well, sure. Santa Clara, California, if you don't know, is, is a good locus or a good substitute to explain Silicon Valley. And I'm sure everyone is aware of their iPhone, of Uber, of every innovation that's come in this country of late. Really, what we could thank New York City for is the fiscal crisis compared to what we've gotten out of Silicon Valley. And so I use these two as an example for how men have become productive or not productive. And it's very interesting when you dive into the numbers, the ratio of men and women are very different in these two cities. Um, in Santa Clara, or basically Santa 
Silicon Valley, um, there is a huge ratio disproportionate. There's a, a huge amount more of, of college educated men than there are women. And the opposite is true in Manhattan. Um, and then you see these numbers read out, not only women able to be more selective in Santa Clara, California, but 33% of college age women aged 22 to 29 are actually married versus the, only the 13% in New York City. Those marriages are often more stable and have a lower divorce rate as well. So the numbers actually back up the idea of a much more productive center of the United States also being one where women aren't as predominant and um, are able to be more selective with men, inducing different behaviors and choices in the men that exist there. This is the smartest boob conversation of all time. I mean, we have to, we have to <laughs> yeah. acknowledge that. Um, so uh, people brought up the idea that Boobs have been around for a while, as you may know, uh, and even back in, in the old days, used to great works of art were focused on this uh, going back centuries. Uh, why? Uh, I mean, it, this has obviously been a fascination for quite some time. Why the change? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Robert Trzinski, my um, fellow contributor at the Federalist, and I went back and forth on on this bit a bit. And really, of course, w women have been crafted and, and men have spent years sculpting the female form and depicting um, women and elevating the female form into a sense that done with reverence and beauty. I mean, they were literally putting women on pedestals. I, I don't think you can say the same about all of the depictions of the female form on the Internet today, if you compare the two. So if you want a simple explanation for the difference, ask yourself this. Would you take your child to see all the statues in Rome or an exhibit featuring all of Kim Kardashian selfies? <laughs> no. and I know too many people who would pick the second one, but yeah, I, 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 do get, I do get your point there. Um, uh, so you got a lot of pushback from feminists seem to be the ones that were most offended by this theory, maybe because they're offended by every theory, uh, but yours in particular. Uh, so what was their issue with it? Well, I think the typical issue with feminists is I, they feel I'm trying to control women or say that it's somehow our responsibility to make men behave better. And, and I under, I understand to some sense that women in seeking equality, um, also felt constrained by many rules in society that were previously bound on them. But what I'm suggesting here that angers feminists is that some of those rules were positive and actually generated positive things for both sexes. And that makes them angry because, unfortunately, feminism has devolved into just um, really primitive forms of empowerment and defense of things that really aren't important. Uh, it, it's very sad to me because in the effort to be seen for our minds, I think the most dominant message to men is to be seen for our selfies. And I think that's a miss. Um, I, I aspire to a lot of the things in the feminist movement, but I think they've made a lot of mistakes on the way. And just so people understand that uh, this isn't just some fly-by-night theory that you've just proposed, you've created a very important chart uh, that I think illustr <laughs> illustrates what you're talking about here. Um, uh, and you see that on, the, uh, on uh, one axis you have from zero to 100% boobs, and then you have male productivity on the other side. It's like the Laffer curve. Um, mm -hmm. You seem to have crossed out Laffer's name from the title. Uh, but... Once you get to a certain level of ease, essentially, because this is what you're talking about with, with the sculptures mm -hmm. and everything. It took time to think about these things. They were grandiose mm -hmm. works that many people would work on and admire over long periods of time. As it gets easier and easier and easier, male productivity dies. 
Yes. I, I mean, this is backed up. If you love the 20 plus years of prosperity, the Reagan um, revolution brought us, the Laffer curve has a lot of truth in life. And ironically, it's even a bit curvy. Um, and I found it was the easiest way to push back on some of the more benign um, arguments to the piece, which was this idea that if boobs were really the secret to invention, that Afghanistan would be curing cancer. And I simply drew this <laughs> to explain that this is not a zero boob argument. This is a level and amount of boob that's sufficient for society. <laughs> Before it becomes unproductive, it's clearly mathematically true if you look at the graph. I, I think so. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll state this is the smartest boob conversation of all time. Um, I will note two things about uh, about the chart. One being that it it does it just it looks like a boob. I mean that. Mm-hmm. that and then number two is uh, my favorite part. I think is source amiato. That's it. There's no, there's no, there's, there's no journal. It's just you. You just, you just made yeah. it. Okay. Um, so, uh, I like this and this is a really interesting uh, theory. You've come up with a slogan, I think, to try to, uh, push, uh, the United States and the world in the right direction. Would you like to tell us about it? Uh, well, certainly, you know, n- not to plan a, a campaign, but, you know, maybe we do need to think about either making boobs harder to see again or certainly think about who you share your boobs with again. Mm. <laughs> um, that might make America a better place. OK, we're going to make the Donald Trump type hats and uh, get that thing started. I will note one more thing before we leave. Um, we have these we do these interviews all the time and, you know, people get into their libraries and they have like the fancy books behind them. You're the first person with Calvin and Hobbes over your shoulder. Uh, oh, Okay. And uh, th- so I just want to say that this is uh, you had a lot of firsts in this interview. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amy Otto, oh. the Federalist. <laughs> Thanks right. so much. Thank you for so much for having me. An important work, uh, I-, I would say. Uh, and I- hopefully they'll get some, uh, you know, some private uh, dollars to toward the funding and future research on this topic. I hope so. Thank you so much. It's a, uh, I think an important theory there. Oh, yeah. I- it really is interesting, though, because if you think about it, the things that men do that make society productive largely are things we do to impress women. And if you don't have to yeah. impress women, uh, then you stop doing those things. I mean, there's mm. something to it. Mm-hmm. Jay? I'm a big proponent of stopping doing those things for women <laughs> and going to my sites. But you are you now. All right. You, Thank you. But, I mean, that's just... The websites are, as usual, posted on Jeffy's Twitter feed, at Jeffy MRA. 888-727-BACK is the number to call. Uh, By the way, it is back, uh, and it's not another recession. Good. uh, I mean, that's coming soon, but it's not here now. No. (laughs) We've got like a good couple weeks, uh, probably. What is back, though, is we, we offered this a while ago, and it went really well. And so, fortunately, they brought it back to give you another shot at it. It's... There, my Patriot Supply is offering a one-year supply of emergency food for nine hundred ninety-seven dollars because you asked for it, and they delivered. The only uh, hitch here is you're just going to have to go to the My Patriot Supply factory and pick up all the food yourself. And that's I don't know really that not. Oh, that's, that's really stinks. not. That's you don't have to do that. No, you just call them. Or you go on the website well, and you say, hey, uh, deliver me uh, your supply of food. There are issues, however. These, uh, the food will not last for a particularly long time. Well, you have to eat it 25 quickly. years. Is that a short time? I mean, will it last 200 years? No. But it'll last 25 years. And even if you open a package and you just leave it sitting on the counter, it'll still last a, a year. I mean, up, the up issue, year. of course, being that the so, food is not good. I mean, it's oh, not it's good delicious. Food. It'll get you right. through the weeks. It's not good. It's delicious. It's like, it's like mom makes. If your mom's a good cook, if she's a bad cook, then it's not like 
Schmidt. <laughs> it's a, it's a limited time offer, oh. Stu. That is the one catch. It's a limited time offer. You got to act now. Well, I mean, I guess if they're in a, in a miracle world where you had a mm-hmm. way you could contact the company and let them know yeah. uh, for this transaction to occur, that would be great. But unfortunately, that's not possible. No, we do live in that miracle world uh, through the miracle of modern technology called a phone. You can call 888-411-4782 or through a miracle we call, thanks to Al Gore, the Internet, Mm -hmm. uh, you can go online at preparewiththeblaze.com. Where? 888-411-4782 or preparewiththeblaze.com. Dot com? Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. That Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Really? Jeffy, you've got stories? All right, go ahead. Do it. I don't want to talk anymore. We can talk a little bit about the number of uh, STD cases in the U.S. Record high. (laughs) Yay! America's number one. Congratulations on spreading your seed everywhere. They're uh, they're concerned that... uh, you know, some of the Your public services seed. are stretched a little thin. I know. Well, you know, really, look, mm-hmm. there's 1.5 million chlamydia cases that were reported in 2015. How many of those were you responsible for? There were <laughs> only 400,000 cases of gonorrhea reported. That's not, That's not bad. Right. That's not bad. Okay. And there were 24,000 cases of primary and secondary syphilis. So... Uh, people mean, age 15 to 24 account for half of all gonorrhea cases. 15 to 24? What? Yeah. Okay, now chlamydia is, um, I'm not all that familiar with it. What is that? Jeffy? <laughs> I'm more concerned with syphilis. With syphilis? Yeah, with which you. you no, I, oh, wait, hold on a second. I with which you were riddled. I did this huge monologue today, and, and we've been BSing for how long? About not lying to your audience. And then you put this behind Jeffy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's uh, a blatant lie. That's a blatant lie. Stop lying to the audience. STD free. I really don't have anything flaring up right now. That's not, not 100% lie. <laughs> Do you want to continue? I like, I like the spin on this, though. It's public services being stretched right. thin. That's the yes, problem. That it's is not problem. that people are having too much unprotected sex. Yeah. It's not that people um, are being, uh, you know... Uh, it's always the government. The government hasn't done enough. They haven't taken enough of your Correct. tax dollars to give condoms to people. That's well, the condoms issue. Condoms and uh, intravenous drug use uh, is is up throughout across the country. May I take uh, a poke at why this may be the case, if you will? You may. Okay. Um, with AIDS being more treatable now and and brought under control. When people get it, and it's no longer a, 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 instant death an sentence, instant yeah. death sentence that you are for sure going to die from. I think maybe it's made people a little more adventurous again, mm. and so they're picking up these other diseases as well. But and, and maybe they're they're having more unprotected sex, right? Because that, you think that's a decent theory? Uh, I, it's it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I, you think about. I mean, I remember when. Um, uh, Magic Johnson had his a big announcement. Yeah, and I remember everybody uh, thought, okay, he's, he's going to be dead, dead in five like, years, in a, maybe even a year. Maybe, I remember it was like a year. Like, yeah, it's over. Like mm-hmm. he's he's going to quit basketball so he can spend time with his family in his dying days. Right. Yeah. And the next now, picture we're going to see of him, he's going to be ten pounds, and then he's going to be dead. Yeah, and now it's what 20, 23 years later, and or they whatever. said there's no detectable AIDS or HIV in his whole system. Yeah, they can't even find it. He's 
essentially they don't say this necessarily because uh, they would create a misperception, I think, that yeah. you can cure it. But they, he's essentially been cured. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's not, you know, they don't think it's a cure, but because it's, you know. Uh, but they wiped it pretty much pretty from much, his yeah. body. Yeah. He's not affected by it yeah. at the moment, which is pretty incredible. I mean, it's at amazing. the time that that happened, that was not Com- something. Compared to where we were with that disease, it's it's amazing. So your theory, and I think it's a legitimate one, is yeah. that people, because. People it's are more one adventurous thing, And, and Jeff, you know more about this Just, than seriously any of us. Um, uh, a lot of these STDs um, cause inconvenience mm-hmm. and pain and itching uh, and yeah. whatever, yeah. but they don't. They're not, it's not a death sentence. Like, I, I, can you name some of those? Like chlamydia, for example, it doesn't kill you, does it? No, it's just it's a it's a you know bacterial infection. Right. It's it, like you know it's not pleasant. I would assume, but Correct. it's not like a oh my god, I'm going to die. So people are willing to take yeah. the risk because it's not a death sentence. I and, think it's a, yeah. there might be something to that. I don't know. I, I mean, uh, you know. I think so. Whereas with AIDS lingering out there, uh, you weren't going to mess with it. No. You know, so you're going to take the precautions you needed to in order to protect you from all these things. And going back to uh, the boob interview, Mm -hmm. uh, where uh, sex is so prevalent in everything Mm -hmm. that we see and do around the country, on the Internet, around the world. You might have a different life than us, but yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible that maybe we have different focuses. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, you're no, saying, you're, but it's, it's so problem. prevalent, and uh, so in everybody's face at mm-hmm. an early age. We hear stories all the time about schools teaching sex education at an earlier and earlier age. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're making it okay. Yeah, they're definitely. Okay, I, I think definitely. Yeah, I mean, you look. Uh, I certainly obviously, you know, media is more and more sexualized. Obviously, younger and younger uh, when it comes to pop stars and all that stuff, and. Well, I don't think that that necessarily, I mean, look, people, uh, people tend, I've noticed over the years that people seem to like sex. Uh, so they're going to kind of probably figure mm. out a way to do it. Yeah. In many, mm-hmm. it's, obviously, you know, rates are one thing, but it's going to happen at some level. The issue here is, um, first of all, do you solve this by more government dollars? And my argument would certainly be no, no. to that. Uh, but also, you know, you wonder if this is a long term trend or if it's just a blip, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. we've seen this with some of the crime data in that, like, I think it was last year, uh, murders ticked up a little bit um, and then they've fallen back down this year, uh, indicating that it probably it was not a long term trend of rising. It was just one year where there was a 10 percent rise. And now it looks like we're falling off the other direction. I mean, again. I would say that, you know, maybe we, uh, you know, there should be a little bit more awareness brought to it, uh, you know, across the country. But then you have people, you know, ads running all over for the new porn university in uh, Italy. Uh, shooting up. What do you mean uh, all over? What does that mean? I've not seen one ad for every, porn. Every, every time you open up the internet, there's an ad there for uh, the not Italian. Not for most people. Rocco Sifredi, uh, nicknamed the Italian Stallion, mm. uh, is opening his uh, porn uh, magazine. Uh, what is a porn, porn university? Porn, porn academy. They teach you how to do porn? Yes, and he handpicks the people. Uh, there's 21 hopefuls. Uh, he's going to teach them uh, different is techniques it? and tactics on how to be believable porn actors on screen. So he wants to hook up with a bunch of women. Well, I mean, he already has, really. He's just, you know, he's helping others out. And we, again, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, I don't know if it was off the air or not, but, like, the, the, that's the side of that business that's business is just icky. Right? Like Super uh, icky. I know, not right. But go ahead. You don't agree with that analysis? I mean, it's not a glamorous life is what I'm saying. Now, there could be, like, a couple. And we, t- we had a story, too, not that long ago. That it's not even that lucrative. No. 
I mean, not only is it icky, it's also not that lucrative, apparently. It's been a while since we talked about this, so to refresh your memory, in case you don't remember, there was a a documentary, and I think it's on Netflix, when it's called Hot Girls Wanted, I believe. Yes. And it's about how they place ads in, like, Craigslist, and just like, hey, uh, Dallas, uh, Hot Girls Wanted, you know, modeling and adventure. West Palm Beach. Uh, High high, uh, payment, we'll fly you to West Palm Beach for a tryout. So they send the pictures in. Uh, the you know the the, mm-hmm. the Jeffy of West Palm Beach says, uh, "Yeah, you look hot. Come on in." <laughs> they fly him in, and of course, once they get there, or maybe before they get there, they say basically what this is: it's adult modeling. It's it's porn. And so these girls, twenty years old, nineteen so years old, eighteen years informed. old, they're not they're not coming in uninformed. In some cases, this is not what I'm the point I'm making. Oh, okay. So the point is that they come in and they they start they get into this world where they're having they go from zero to sixty fast. It's like They've never done porn before to the some of it, the hardest core porn you've ever seen in the movie. They talk about one of the girls who is not the main character uh, in the documentary, but was a um, a girl who got into this. I think she's like 26 or something now, at least at the time of the movie. And her first movie was like the hardest core thing you can imagine. It was like, you know, she was getting like slapped in the face while this was happening. It was like borderline abuse. I mean, it was certainly something, you know. I mean, I don't know how this stuff works, but, you know, it was bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, it was, I just am like looking at Jeffy's faces. As <laughs> Point being that it wasn't like you ease in with like uh, you know, a solo scene. It was not the way that this was happening. And these girls were, the, one, the main story, uh, the, the main girl in the documentary went to um, this one guy, lived in a house with like eight other girls and this one guy where they all slept on, like, couches and mattresses on the floor in this, you know, 1,500-square-foot house in, in Florida. It was not glamorous. It was dirty. It was disgusting. Then they would get picked up by these, uh, you know, these, I don't know, I don't, pimps isn't the right word, age, age, agents? Concierge. <laughs> Adult concierge. They would go. They'd drive them to these porn scenes. They'd have sex with some guy they'd never seen before. Mm. Uh, they would leave, um, and they would get paid, but then there was all sorts of expenses yeah, attached to it. They were charge you to drive you know, there. Yeah, was, there were fees about they had to pay rent, they had to pay mm-hmm, yeah. uh, transportation. Then there were other fees they were kicking back to agents. Then there were fees to the doctors. They had to pay for all their own uh, AIDS tests. And do you tests. remember what, what they came back yeah, home with? After, it was, I think it was three or four months of this, this girl had sex months. hundreds of times. Uh, and came back with two uh, fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars in Good her pocket. Golly, not oh enough to gosh. get through four payments on a Kia. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like this was not. So she was bad. not coming back. Like, and I'm not saying like people were like, "Well, they shouldn't be doing it anyway." Well, of, course Those, not. of course not. Of course not. No, but, but the I mean, argument is you, that you're going right. to be making the money. Exactly. Yeah. If you come back out of this as a Kardashian, uh, you know, she had sex. A sex tape was what made her famous, right? Yeah. You come out of this and you've got ten million dollars in the bank. Well, there are people will make a cost-benefit analysis and say it's worth it. I think that's kind and, of you know, the perception is that that's why beautiful girls turn to that. Right? They're going to be so rich, much girl. money in it, and it's it's easy. it's not. It's there's not a lot of money and in there's it. There's not. And she also came back with several, uh, as far as we know, mm-hmm. hopefully not AIDS, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, several. Uh, Irritants, yes. uh, shall we say, yes. and things Rashes. she had to take antibiotics for, yeah. and different medications she had to cure. Something perhaps more than combination skin. Maybe more than yeah, combination it was, skin. It was, it was more than combination skin. <laughs> yes. So at the end of this, it was. You yes. know, she brutalized her family, 
who was uh, mm. couldn't believe that this happened to their little girl. She went through and had all oh, this, all I this. I don't even want to think about that. I know. That's had all this sex, horrific. got diseases, and came back with basically nothing to show for it right. at all. I mean, basically zero dollars. I mean, for lack of, I mean, look, I'm not saying two thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars is nothing, but mm. for four months of work in which you're having sex on film that lasts forever, probably nothing. Probably. I mean, probably in reaction, yes. that is. Because I think, honestly, you could get people down the road of, look, uh, I know it's morally wrong, but uh, if I come back with $300,000, I can buy a home, I can yeah. set myself up. Yeah. It's not what's happening to these people. No. No. In, in, only in very rare circumstances is this paying off like this. Um, and, uh, and in reality, it's not paying off at all. I mean, right. and, and I don't know that any amount of money is, is work, work, working in the, the no. Jeffy realm. It's just no. not. No, it is not. I mean, <laughs> there's very few people. And, and exa- for example, yeah. uh, you, look, you use Kardashian uh, as an example. Well, she didn't really yeah. do porn. No, she, no that's she, it, true. You know, that's a, I mean, while, while the argument is there for that, porn. the argument right. is there for that, she uh, used a scene with someone she was with to film and then capitalize. And then did she do that? Did she make that happen? They knew or, it. Oh, they yeah. knew. I mean, the rumor has always been that she leaked it on purpose really? to get famous. We don't know if that's true. But I mean, like, let's go. A more pure example would be like Jenna Jameson, right? Jenna Jameson was Turned like. into a fortune. She launches her own sites. She, and I don't think she does porn anymore, but she at one point did. She, she was, may have come back to it again, but. And, I don't know. But it does. And then she got some mainstream roles out of it. She actually starred in some bigger movies. Really? But I mean. This and is a person who's like. She started selling. Uh, she made a fortune selling uh, sexual devices. Sexual toys and yeah. stuff. But again, fortune. this is the Michael Jordan fortune. of porn, right? Yeah. Like, yes, it may have worked for her, but <laughs> I mean, there's like Jordan of porn. Right, like, she is. There's a lot of people who go in and, and and don't have a career and wind up just disappointed and depressed, yeah. and and they get nothing out of it. That'd be the great thing to tell St. Peter at the gates, right? Hey, I was a Michael Jordan, dude. I was a Michael oh. Jordan of porn. Yeah. Let me in. We got you a a ground floor apartment. (laughs) It's actually Uh, underground. All right, what else you got? Anything? Are you done? Is that it? We could possibly have two stories. You don't think he pressed two stories? This would be third, I think, because the first one was STDs, STDs, and and then it morphed into. Uh, we, went into the, we just the talked porn. about porn. That right. was just we, can talk okay. about, we can talk about Prop 60 in California. Okay. All right, what's Prop 16? Uh, November 8th, they're voting on uh, whether they're going to impose a condom mandate, mandate on porn. <laughs> is this an all icky this. sex talk uh, segment? Uh, yeah, that's why we're going. Uh, Je- you didn't hear the song? It's the Jeffy segment. No, oh, that's right. right so, yes, that's of right. course it is an all icky. But I, I will say that. I mean, I assume, Jeffy, you're against this. Uh, Absolutely. You should not have to wear uh, condoms in porn. I would tend they, to agree with you on this. Yeah. I mean, look. It's Wait, up to it's, the individual. Okay, so Proposition 16, they're putting it to the voters? Yeah, yes. and you'd have to... It, of it, California, it's like 50 million people are going to decide. Look <laughs> at <laughs> this yes. tiny segment of society yeah, must wear, wear condoms, condoms while they perform whatever it is yes. they perform? Yes. yes. You've got to be kidding me. I have I not heard about this. It's ridiculous. What? Yeah. Why would all of California vote? On a porn issue like that. Uh, it's called a progressivism. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that's pro- crazy. <laughs> right. And, and so they're controlling. I mean, essentially, the, you know, they want the people to come in and mandate, you know, how they do this work. Uh, uh, They've already uh, got their fingers in it already. Oh, right, uh, so to speak. <laughs> I hate you. Let's just go to break. Go to commercial. All right. Just go. Is, is it going to pass? I don't know. What does it look like, Jeff? Don't ask him another question. 
Thank you. I just said one. I know what you said. We know what you said. We all know what you uh, said. That was a problem. That ended the segment, thank you. <laughs> and I'm kind of interested in it because it's unbelievable to me. We should have talked about unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. <laughs> all right. Uh, here are uh, with the Chicago Cubs. In the World Series, which begin today, right? Uh, today, yeah. Cubs and, and Cleveland Indians. Here are five phrases given to the world by the Cubs. Uh, the phrase wrecking crew now has life outside of baseball, in salvage, music, and football. But in baseball, according to the Dixon Baseball Dictionary, it was first applied uh, as a term for a group of heavy hitters in reference to the 1912 Chicago Cubs. They were such heavy hitters that uh, they couldn't get them to the World Series. Though, <laughs> no, again. no. Uh, that's 1908. Right. I don't know. Maybe they could go to the, to the World Series. They did not win it, though. I don't know who won the 1912 World Series, to be perfectly honest. I don't either, um, frankly. Uh, bleacher bum. Uh, one of the hordes of boisterous, often shirtless fans who inhibit the bleachers. A gr- 1966, a group of 10 devoted fa- fans at Wrigley uh, proudly declared themselves bleacher bums. And, uh, hmm. you know. and they got drunk and... Had good time at the ballpark. Yeah, and one of the things that obviously now we know, and it's incredibly sad, is you'd be appropriating the socioeconomic status of a a person who does not earn um, as much as you. And I know that's so bad in our capitalist society. Mm -hmm. uh, But talking about yourself as a bum is not okay. That's not okay. And the nasty Boston Red Sox won the 1912 World Series. Thank you for that information. Appreciate it, Jeffy. Red Sox. Uh, Holy cow! The longtime Cubs announcer Harry Carey was the first uh, was not the first to exclaim "Holy cow!" But all the same, he made it his own trademark cry. It's the title of his autobiography. It was the only exclamation I could come up with that didn't involve profanity. <laughs> all right. Interestingly enough, so far two of the three were not actually from the Cubs. <laughs> Even though it says they are phrases the Cubs He's gave to the world. Yeah. Uh, Harry Carey also said, uh, "It might be, it could be, it is," which is what he hits, uh, said. And that for one's home pretty run. good. That one's pretty much his. That's and that, pretty good. You know, that, that sort of anticipation yeah. is uh, copied by everybody now, but that that was uh, pretty much his. And the friendly confines apparently came. Uh, this nickname had been applied to other ballparks yes. in the old days. Again, it's not the Cubs. But oh, stuck apparently geez. in the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't <laughs> even theirs at the beginning. <laughs> Okay. I do like that, the friendly confines. I, uh, I like it too, but uh, we it, were we were sold a bill of goods here. We were. We were. That was inaccurate at best. Okay. So this is like almost as bad as if you like elected a guy who said he was really conservative and would fight for you, uh, and would be hold the line on the border, and then backed off his deportation policy and yeah, backed that, off the that, fact that Mexico would pay for that. The couldn't wall. happen. That couldn't happen. Yeah, no, I know. It's a ridiculous example. I was That's just exaggerating. Stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. No, I know. You think I went too far with the exaggeration? Yeah, way, way, way too far, because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's asinine. Why would you even bring that up? I, I know, A conservative? I, know. I mean, I could see that with the Democrats. You know? Right, right. With right. the liberals, with the progressives. Well, what if it was like a, a guy who was a Democrat his whole life and then ran as a Republican? Nah, they, we, they wouldn't accept him. Wouldn't We would not accept him. I mean, even if he like Stu, started saying it really loudly. And even I, then, especially then. We don't like loud mouths in our party. What if he was insulting and groping women all the time? Well, then we might. Oh, okay. Well, then we'd embrace Okay, it. okay good. <laughs> uh, for decades, this is an interesting part as we kind of go through uh, the fall uh, season. For decades before World War II. By the way, um, another poll came out from the University of Houston today uh, in Texas. 
Uh, Trump is way up now. Oh, good. Way yeah, up. Finally, need- 41 to 38. All the way to... I mean, this is unbelievable. This is three real, Three full points. Now, I still three expect, before we go on to this next story, I still expect Donald Trump to win Texas. I do. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, however, but still, this is not... Come on. What happens in these polling seasons is you get 20 polls, and at some point, there's one that makes you go, whoa, oh, that's interesting. It's three points. And then the next one's six, and the next one's yeah. nine, and it's no big deal. This is like five polls out of six that have it within five points. This is real. Texas is actually a swing state right now. And we're now. two weeks exactly from the election. Two weeks. And Texas is a swing state. And Utah is a swing state. Jeez. Texas <laughs> and Utah are the places where... Mike Pence the other day went to Utah to campaign. You do not go to Utah to campaign two weeks before an election. What did Donald Trump do? He went to open up his stupid hotel and took time off the campaign trail to open up a grandiose hotel he was building, I think, in Washington. Yeah, I think it was the D.C. hotel, yeah. yeah. Which he's naming something other than Trump Hotel, right? I thought it was the other one that he was... I thought the new um, line was changing. I don't know about that okay. one. Anyway, um, so uh, back in the day, 1873 book called Old New England Traits. In the early 19th century, Massachusetts residents started knocking on doors uh, on uh, the holidays uh, eve. This is uh, talking about Thanksgiving. And saying something for Thanksgiving, as a bad joke, well-to-do children began dressing in tattered clothes and doing the same. Not to be outdone, New York City brought the trend to the next level. Officials staged a real annual uh, parade to uh, commemorate both Thanksgiving and the British evacuation of New York. Immigrants spoofed the stuffy, uniformed military companies by putting on their own show. Working-class men poured out of saloons and marched themselves through streets, blowing tin fish horns and beating drums. Okay, Um, this wound up turning into a situation where Halloween and Thanksgiving sort of morphed into one. Hmm. Um, And that's kind of how people were dressing up as sort of jokes. And that became sort of the thing where you go around and you ask people for stuff at their doors. And that became Halloween. But it was actually at the time Thanksgiving. That's weird. A weird history. Yeah, really weird. Um, And and if you had to pick one, Pat, Halloween, Thanksgiving, where are you going? (laughs) In In the draft. You're going Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. See, I li- and again, I, you look at your whole life. Halloween. Um, I love. Ha- I love. I Halloween. love Halloween, yeah. though. I really do. But you can't turn your back on the day when you're supposed to give thanks. You know, for a blessing. That's what you care about is you're giving thanks. The giving <laughs> yeah. thanks part because you yeah. can give thanks really any day. I mean, well, you could. Yes, you could. But I like a day that's the meal. set aside, it's especially the, for that. It's and the, the meal, and sure, the meal. and the football. Okay. You know, and the weekend that you get. In the big shopping day. Is there anything better than watching football on Thanksgiving? I, no, I love it. I love it. Uh, especially. And it used to be the Madden Summerall thing. And I, oh. I just hearing their voices on Thanksgiving I, it made me feel so good. Sports. I miss him. So great. I yeah. do. I miss, I miss it too. I mean, Madden is surprised. You're surprised he doesn't pop on more. He does. Yeah, he, he's for a while, was pretty doing, rare. On Sirius XM, was doing weekly appearances on some of their NFL was he? channels. Yeah, yeah. As of maybe last year. Yeah, I have not he, heard of this. When year. he retired, he just really went away. Except for the game that has made more than, what, $2 trillion in revenue? Right. I mean, uh, that, that game, it's, I think it's like, I mean, it is a lot of money they have sold. Which all he did was pretty much bless the game, and then they take did, care of everything. He did the announcer I, stuff for a long time. Yeah, he did. Um, but that, that went away a long time ago. And, did it? Oh, yeah. He's, he's done with that now. Oh, yeah. He oh, is, I mean, wow. now it's really just his name. I mean, most people don't have any idea. I mean, who the people who are playing is. the game, they just think it's a video game. It's funny because I know him as an announcer. You know, my dad knew him as a coach. Right. Um, and now the people who are growing up now are like, well, it's, it's the video game guy. Jeffy knew him as a baby. Um, and didn't you, uh, well, he knew his grandparents as a baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
What we're saying is you're old. <laughs> and uh, overweight. overweight. But athletically, as we see behind right, you, right, athletically right, right, overweight. Right. Thank you. All right, more patents too. So is John Matt. No. No, John's, John's not athletic. No. No. He's really not. Well, John and I were both. No, you're, you're not. not. One thing is, one thing for sure, you're, you're, you're overweight. Stu, 888-727-BECK. Uh, by the way, uh, Jeffy just found out the ratings for the uh, season the premiere. Dead. Season, season 7 of The Walking Dead. 18. <laughs> 18. So, 18. Is that the ratings or they came in 18th place? What are you? They actually, the uh, headline says the second highest ratings ever in season premiere 7. So they're saying they got 17.03 million viewers. Uh, this past Sunday, so seventeen million thirty thousand people. Pretty damn good number, That's, man. Uh, and wouldn't that be number one? It's number one on all of television, man, I believe. Yeah. Uh, this, they're, wow. They're number two to themselves with uh, season five uh, premiere, which was seventeen point two nine. I will say oh, okay, they so really may close, yeah. they may have chased some people off. I think they the, probably did, but those, I mean, I that, think it, that people, is almost it bordered on sadistic. It, it's just it, the first episode. It was disturbing. The first episode, mm. yeah. Oof. Now, I, I mean, come on. No. Seriously, Jeffy, that was a brutal. It was very brutal, but that's what I expected. Torturous. Yeah, I mean, that's what I expected, and that's what I wanted. Oof. I mean, mm. in all seriousness, what, I don't. What, 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 uh, you're going to give it another week? Yeah, see, if you're it's like that again, though, seasons. next week, then I'm definitely done. You think you're yeah. done? You've gone mm-hmm. through six seasons, and you're just going to bail? Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do because well, really see, I know Glenn's sadism. a big. He hasn't seen it yet. So as soon as he sees it, he'll be yapping about it too, saying, "I'm going to walk away because it's about people hurting people now." It's people, people who hurt people, people are the nastiest people. 